0: in kind of a different direction. He wants to show us things that keep us from the kingdom, that hold us back in terms of being all God wants us to be. And in particular, as we look at the first of chapter 7 in Matthew today, he points out how the way we judge others often gets in our way and trips us up. And so we're going to be looking at that lesson together. As we look at the Lord of all creation, the Lord Jesus, and this is what he has to teach us this morning. So do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see, do not give dogs what is sacred and holy. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me and for me this morning? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, Lord. You want to shape our minds, our thinking, our hearts, our living and our doing. And so, Lord, help us to see our planks this morning. And help us see you. And help us um, to follow you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. And so Jesus, this morning, he wants to tackle kind of a tough subject. And I think in the back of his mind, uh, I'm wondering if he has the religious leaders, the church folks of his day, in the back of his mind as he teaches on a lot of this stuff. I wonder if he's thinking about those Pharisees, for instance, who were the kind of folks that often would judge others extremely harshly. You know, in judging others and in what Jesus is teaching about today, I think one, we can find two extremes at work in our culture and in our lives. The Pharisees, not all of them, but, but many of the Pharisees back then, the religious folks who went to synagogue every week and studied their Bible and knew the law and all that kind of thing, they probably tended to go down one end. And on that one side, they would see Jesus hanging out with women of the night. And they'd say, Jesus, what are you doing? Don't you know who that lady is? You shouldn't be anywhere around her. She's too far gone. God can't help her. Or they might see him having a party, right, with tax collectors. Those folks who were raising money and greedy and making all their money in a way that was helping the enemy who were in their land. And so in this case, we see these religious folks putting the scarlet letter on certain folks in their community and saying, they are never going to be any good. They're never going to change. Jesus, why even try? You shouldn't even spend time with them. And I kind of wonder if in his teaching here, he has those kind of folks in the back of his mind. Now, that's one side that we can sometimes uh, wrestle with judgment. There is in our modern day, I think, there's also the pendulum sometimes swings way to the other side too. And this is the side of kind of libertarianism, right? Liberty. And, and we will use the, this particular passage as an example and say, see, Jesus says not to judge, so we just need to let everybody do their own thing. And, and as long as they don't hurt anybody, then it's fine. It doesn't matter what anybody does. It doesn't matter how they live. They're free to do whatever they want. And it's kind of like going back to the book of Judges. Remember, I don't know if you know the, the, the key statement in that book of Judges. Everybody did what was right in their own, you know it, eyes. Right? And so we swing this other way and say, well, that's what Jesus is saying. We shouldn't judge anybody about anything ever at any time. But is that really what Jesus is saying? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think what jesus is calling to is he wants us to have a more healthy um, way of judging ourselves and others and and to do it in a healthier way is probably the best way i could say it because i want you to notice that last verse where he gives us kind of this little extra tip right he says do not give dogs what is sacred do not throw your pearls to the pigs because they won't know that they're valuable instead they'll trample them under their feet and they'll turn and tear you to pieces now we'll look a little further at that at the end of the message but what i want you to notice now is is jesus is basically saying you do need to have an awareness of who the dogs and who the pigs are because sometimes if you give them valuable stuff that they don't find any worth in they're not going to know that it's valuable and instead they're going to turn and they're going to take it out on you and so he is telling us there needs to be discernment. You need to be able to look around and see who, what people are healthy and what people are unhealthy. And at times there are opportunities where we can come alongside and maybe help somebody get a speck out of their own eye. You know, all those are, are okay things, but it's ultimately how we go about judging others that I think is the key. And so what are the kind of lessons that Jesus is asking us to learn and apply to how we live? And treat one another well at the beginning do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you and so the first principle here is he warns us and basically is saying to each of us listen remember a day is coming Jesus is coming back God's rule is on the horizon and on that day all the dirty things in all of our closets will be made known and revealed at least to the Lord Jesus and the Heavenly Father. I mean they already know and see everything right. We we have no dirty closets with them but we will face a day of judgment Where the Lord will hold each of us accountable for how we've lived our life and how we've taken up residence in this body and how have we loved God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and how have we loved one another. And so Jesus does give us this warning. He says, with the measure or standard you use to judge others, Just realize on the day of judgment, if you have had a high and a harsh standard in terms of how you've judged those around you, well, watch out. God won't be afraid to use your standard against you. So he says, be careful. Be merciful. I think the principle here is God is a God of mercy and forgiveness, and in this teaching, he's encouraging us to take into our hearts and lives we are to be a merciful people and we're to beware the standards we use to judge others because one day that standard will be used by God and by the Lord Jesus for us and so then he gives us a great little metaphor or illustration to kind of show us the way he says Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? And how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite must first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so here he gives us a a picture And I think part of it is we're supposed to kind of see the way we normally might judge. The wrong way of judging, right, is this. As human beings, we tend to look at other people and say, can you believe the plank they've got in their eye? Somebody needs to tell them. Somebody needs to take that plank out of their eye. Because uh, uh, they clearly are doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason and the wrong way. Somebody needs to correct them. And so we judge others. And what Jesus is instead saying, before you see that plank in somebody else's eye, you might find out it was really just a speck. And maybe where the plank really was, right, is with us, with our own eye. Maybe the plank is in me. And so one of the keys I think Jesus is saying here in this teaching for us is, I think if we are to be healthy in terms of how we relate and judge one another, one of the first lessons we can learn is always assume you've got a plank in your eye. Always assume you have a plank in your eye. Hopefully you know what your plank is. But even if you don't know what your plank is, assume you've got one. Because you do. And if you'll at least do that, well, that would make us more merciful and more careful when we see other things and other people, right? So that's kind of the first principle is keep an eye on the plank in your own eye. And often this plank can be blind spots in us and in our lives, things that we don't realize we're doing, we don't realize are bad, we don't realize are wrong, right? and think about driving down the highway and you want to get over in this lane over here and "Ah, i don't need to look right so you turn your blinker on you start to go that way and you hear this what honk 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 because there's a car right in the blind spot that you didn't see and they're going to let you know hey if you come over any closer we're going to be in trouble right and hopefully you catch it early and what Jesus is saying is so many of us, we live our lives with our own blind spots. And we got to begin to recognize that we've got planks in our own eyes. And two, one fancy word to talk about this is a cultural anthropology talks about ethnocentrism, right? If we had any high schoolers here, I was telling them our high schoolers this morning, this will help you on your SATs. He, Get a new free word to get right on your SATs, right? Ethnocentrism is used by cultural anthropology to say, as as people, we are cultural beings, right? We are raised in a culture. We're raised in a family culture where our family valued certain things and did certain things. We're raised in a national culture where our nation values certain things and does certain things. And that culture shapes our thinking and our believing and what's valuable and what's important and how we live life. And, and culturally, we're each a little different. And the challenge with that is ethnocentrism basically says that ethnically, we get so bound to our culture that we have blind spots, that we can't see what others see. We can't see the things that are tripping us up in our culture. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited that we're headed back to Honduras, right? And the importance of mission trips and the importance of having friends who are different from you politically and different from you socially and different from you ethnically and different from you racially. One of the reasons why we want to be diverse and have diverse friendships is because it shows us our blind spots. When you go down to Honduras and you see poor families and poor children with hardly any money, uh, working hard, enjoying life, enjoying friendships, and seeing all those things, you, you can't help but come home and say, Do I really need all this stuff to be happy? And that's a blind spot in our Western culture. And it's only as we contact and and, kind of meet with other cultural people that we begin to see our blind spots. And that's what Jesus is saying is we have blind spots that we don't acknowledge. And we need to acknowledge those. A second thing that we hear a lot these days is the word implicit bias, right? Implicit bias. And all that saying is the same thing, that as human beings, there are things that we're not always conscious about, but there are biases we have underneath. Blind spots. For instance, if I was in downtown Atlanta, right? And in downtown Atlanta, if I saw some young guys in their 20s with baggy jeans on and a bunch of tattoos and earrings and piercings all over and a, you know maybe a mohawk if i then I'd, I'd begin to say in my brain first off right um man they're 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 here to make some trouble we better get out of here right cuz my implicit bias assumes that because they're dressed a certain way that they're troublemakers or worse that they're criminals or worse Right? And what I may not know is maybe they're Georgia Tech students. Maybe they're great at math and science and maybe they're you know, you know, out on the town having fun you know, after a hard week of tech exams and they just like to dress that way. You know? But I, my implicit bias would say, ooh, I better watch out. They're probably bad. And so we do that on a subconscious level in all sorts of ways and for all sorts of reasons. And so one of the things I think Jesus is sharing with us is is we need to recognize that we've got some blind spots and some planks. And we need to own those and confess those and say, I may not even know what they are, but Lord, you do. Help me see them when I need to see them and help me take them out when I need to take them out. And so with this, some of the keys, I think, for me in this is, is how I understand, uh, I think, what God is doing is you know, we've got a bunch of folks here. That, you know, we've got a bunch of, over a, probably 100 people worshiping together today. And in that, we're all unique individuals, right? And we all will stand on our own two feet before Jesus Christ, before the Lord of the universe, and he will judge us. And it's only by his grace. It's only by his death for us on the cross. It's only by his mercy that we are forgiven and set free. And that gift is for anybody and everybody who would say yes to it. Right? But we've got to, we are responsible for our own lives. I'm not responsible for your life you're not responsible for my life i'm not responsible for your choices you're not responsible for my choices we each have to figure out how do we live in this body we are given and make the most of it because we are all wired differently we're all wired differently in some way shape or form um part of that's because of our genetics our genetics wire us differently Right, And some of that is from the families we grew up in and maybe trauma that we experienced as kids. That can affect how we live as adults and see things as adults. All these components can shape the things that that we struggle with as human beings as we get older. And one of the things I think Jesus is pointing to that is the thing that I struggle with in my life and the thing that trips me up the things that cause me to fall flat on my face and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, I blew that. The things that trip me up aren't necessarily the things that trip you up. And the things that trip you up aren't necessarily the things that trip me up, right? For some of us out there, we grew up in a harsh environment, and early on as a child, we were angry, And so now as an adult, we're still dealing with that anger. And so we have a very bad temper. And that temper can flare up in an instant. And the thing is, is at church and in work life and in, you know, most of the daily life, we can hide that temper and nobody can really see it a whole, whole lot. Maybe it comes up rarely, but most of the time it's hidden away. Nobody else sees it except when we go home to our family. And then in our family, maybe that's where we blow up and that's where we get angry and that's where we explode. And so that may be the, the demon you wrestle with. Another person's demon may be addiction, right? It may be your genetics are wired uh, to alcoholism. And so every morning you wake up and have a drink, and every night before bed, before you go to bed, you have a drink, and several times during the day you have a drink, and you can kind of fluff it off, and nobody will notice. And you can go out and about in your daily life, and people think you're okay, but behind closed doors, you know and God knows you're addicted to alcohol, or you're addicted to drugs, or or whatever. And so... uh, for all of us, there are things that that tempt me and there are things that tempt you and they're not always the same. And here's where it makes a difference because I think a, what Jesus is saying here is a lot of us run our lives by saying, ha, see that guy over there? He's an alcoholic. I can drink whenever I want and I, I can give it away whenever, you know, it, it doesn't that temptation doesn't bother me, but boy, it's tripped him up. So man, I can't believe him that he would go through something like that because it doesn't, you know, it's not an issue for me, right? See that guy with the explosive temper? See that lady with the explosive temper and where she is? And man, I just, I want to be nice to my kids. I want to be nice to my wife. I want to be nice to my family. I can't believe them how they could fall for something like that. And that's what we do. We pick on other people's temptations and struggles, particularly the ones that don't tempt us at all. And we say that's the bad temptation, that's the bad person, that's the that's the sinner with the scarlet letter. Can you believe them? I'm not like that at all. I'm so much better. And Jesus is saying, no! Just because your sin is different, you've still got a plank in your eye. Just because you can hide your greed and no one sees it. Just because you can hide your self-centeredness and your selfishness and no one sees it. Just because you don't have the kinds of sins that show up, on the street corner that you can put an easy scarlet letter on, that doesn't mean that you don't have a plank in your eye, too. You know, for me, uh, in my life, for instance, you know, when we talk about the community of folks that wrestle with LGBTQIA stuff, right, sexual orientation or transgender whatever, all those kind of things, that's a temptation that i can't relate to at all i have absolutely no idea what it's like to be in a person's body who who struggles with those kind of orientations and identities i just i don't and so it's hard for me to judge them because that's not my issue i have other issues i know my issues i know my planks and so I've kind of got to be gracious with people who have different issues than I do. Um, I think that's what Jesus is getting at here, that we have to own our own planks. We Another way to put it is we ought to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes, try to live and see life from their perspective as much as we can. And oftentimes the only way to do that is to sit down and talk with them about who they are and where they came from and, and what their struggles are and what their joys are. These are the things that Jesus challenges with because he says it's only if we can lay down our own planks can we get to a healthy enough place where we can help other people with their specks. And there are people out there who've got some bad specks in their eyes and need some help. Perhaps we're some of those too. And so Jesus wraps this up again with kind of a a different teaching that at first doesn't seem to fit. He says, "Don't give the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls before pigs. If you do, they'll trample them under their feet and they'll turn and tear you to pieces." Now, I want you as you study that, I want you to think if I was a religious leader in Jesus' day, if I was a Pharisee or a Sadducee and I read those verses, who would be the dogs and pigs? Who would they be? The tax collectors, the harlots, the sinners, right? The the people with the scarlet letter. the, the, The Gentiles, the pagan nations who don't know and follow God. Those are the dogs who aren't worthy of holy things, right? But now I want you to think, when Jesus talks about this, is Jesus talking about the same group? I don't think so. I think when Jesus says, don't give dogs what are sacred and don't throw your pearls before swine, I think he was thinking of the religious folks, the folks who he would teach, don't judge, lest you're ready to be judged yourself. He was trying to get it through their thick skulls, teaching like this, holy living like this, and they kept saying, What are you talking about? We know what right is. We know what wrong is. You don't need to teach us about judgment. And then within three years, they trample his teaching, his holy holy life, his holy miracles, his holy teaching under their feet, and they nail him to a cross. They nail him to a cross. Um... They turn and tore him to pieces. I think for Jesus, it was the religious folks that were his dogs and pigs in his day. The, the, ultimately, brothers and sisters, um, let me see if I can frame it this way. In the 1950s, uh, when you sat down and learned about what was going on in life, everybody watched Walter Cronkite, right? And so everybody heard what Walter Cronkite had to say and we all kind of somewhere agreed somewhere in the middle. Some of us were maybe more conservative middle, others were maybe more progressive middle, but we're all kind of, you know, we were all kind of listening to Walter Cronkite and he he was shaping sort of the American culture and and all that sort of thing. But now, you know, we've got Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all these folks And so instead, the script has flipped, right? And so we have kind of two extremes. We have a conservative extreme and a progressive extreme, and both sides think they have it 100% correct. They've already figured it all out. They've already know what's right and wrong and good and bad, and nobody can tell them any different. And I'm afraid... I'm afraid Jesus is saying watch out for the planks in your own eye. If you're not able to kind of sit down and talk with your brothers and sisters and learn something new and maybe see an insight you didn't see before, um, you're missing out. And instead of us having a church and a nation and a community that comes together, instead we're continuing to push each other further and further apart. Um, I think that's what Jesus is warning us about, is that we need to have a a love for one another and a respect for one another, that we're each trying to do the best we can to figure out how to live in the body we've been given with the temptations our body faces that other people may or may not face and how to love one another and love God in the midst of all that. And so it's a pretty wise lesson. And so I want to kind of lift up. Your homework today is this. If you had to name your plank, maybe one or two things, what would it be? Do you know your plank? Because until you own your plank, it's hard to figure out how to help anybody else with their spec and uh and that's who the lord is and who the lord wants us to be in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen let's pray heavenly father today uh, this is a tough one lord we have some of us we read this text and say ha we just need to live everybody live however they want to live and uh, we shouldn't judge anything ever but Lord, I don't think that's what you're after. And Lord, others of us, we still like to put scarlet letters on those who are struggling with things that, that we don't struggle with. And that's not what you're after either. Lord, you want us to own up to our own planks and acknowledge them and admit them and say, Lord, help me be fair and loving and merciful. And help me hold one another graciously and respectfully um, so that we can each be your children by your grace, shaped by your holiness in ways that will set us all free from the planks in our lives. And so, Lord, may your Holy Spirit help us, each of us, in that journey. And may we help one another too. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.